When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome in, MD Nation, to the program. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming to you live on social media at Show, And of course, subscribe as we play live on our YouTube channel on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. we got the primetime recap games, the Sunday night and the Monday night game to talk about. And of course, the second half of the show will be dominated by the waiver wire report. And as I said in yesterday's show, it's a big one. It's an important one because there's a lot of teams out there who essentially have to almost reimagine themselves if you're going to stay in your playoff hunts and give yourself a shot to get to the championship. Remember, it's just like the NFL. All it takes is one week, any given Sunday. As long as you can punch your way to the playoffs, you have a chance to win a championship. All you need is to get hot, get lucky. It's one week. It's all you need. Just get yourselves there and put yourselves in position. And that's what the MD Saints Football Show, we're going to help you try to do. That's why you always got to hit us up on social media in our DMs. We'll always be there for you guys. Take advantage of our mailbag segments. Make sure you're checking out BillionFantasySports.com for the weekly rankings update. And of course, make sure you're subscribing to the show and your favorite pod streaming app so you can make sure you listen to it at any time anywhere that you possibly can. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. The theme of the backup quarterback taking the win continued in Sunday night football. Cooper Rush, who has barely ever played in an NFL game, came through in a big way. 24 40 for 325 yards. Two passing touchdowns. Did have the one pick. But he did something that Dak Prescott has not done really since week one. And that was make both Amari Cooper and CD Lamb fantasy gold. Who would have thunk Cooper Rush, a quarterback with little to no experience, would be able to come in against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football? 
and make Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb continue their studly status. Eight receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets for Amari Cooper and six catches for 112 yards and eight targets for CeeDee Lamb. How about that? The good news is Dak Prescott, they seem very optimistic that he's going to be back for week nine. Now, I know they seem optimistic about week eight, but McCarthy's already talking about Prescott practicing in full on Thursday. So they just there seems to be really trending in the right direction. Apparently, they like what they saw at the pregame warm-up, even though they ultimately decided not to play him because they're playing it more cautiously. From what I understand, had this been a playoff game, he probably would have played. So that's the good news. What do you have moving forward, though, for the wide receivers in particular, before we move on to the running backs? Is that Michael Gallup, he wasn't able to come back this week. We'll still wait and see if he comes back this week. But remember, he they activated him last week. He's got a 21-day window to come off. So if he doesn't come back this week, he's got to be coming back next week for week 10. That will take away some targets from C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Now, you still value C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper as wide receiver twos, even with Gallup back in the lineup. But just keeping in mind the way this Dallas offense has played this year, mostly to their defense, they're not the pass, you know, flying team that they were a season ago. Taking away some targets could lower their expectation of being high-end wide receiver twos, maybe being more mid-level, lower-end wide receiver twos with some upside. So there's something just to keep in mind. I'm not moving off of C.D. Lamb or Amari Cooper. No, don't get it twisted. But just something to kind of keep in mind with Michael Gallup coming back. And Michael Gallup, when he gets back, until we see him get fully installed into the rotation again, and it might take a couple of weeks before he's even in football shape, he's only going to be a wide receiver four. So while I think he's a nice pickup and stash because he has the talent, the offense is very good. I don't know if I'm going to go crazy trying to make sure I have Michael Gallup on my team or that he's a must-add. He's still going to be a wide receiver four even when he gets back. And it may be a few weeks, so we may have to see it first before we can trust him to be anything more. Just my two cents on the matter. Ezekiel Elliott was kind of disappointing in this game. 16 carries, 50 yards only, four catches, 23 yards on six targets. It was really the Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Cooper Rush show. Running backs weren't that involved. You told me Pollard had seven carries for 28 yards, one catch for one yard on one target. It was a 20-16 game. It was really mostly a defensive battle between these two teams. Now, speaking of which, for those interested, Trey Diggs, I know it's a famous football show, but Trey Diggs had the ankle injury that bothered him throughout this game. It sounds like he's not really expected to miss any time, so he's not going anywhere. That's the good news on that front for the Dallas Cowboy defense. Maybe not so much for your wide receivers moving forward. We'll see. Cedric Wilson, I guess I'll mention the fact that he had the three catches in 84 yards and a touchdown, but obviously he's the guy when Michael Cobb comes back, you know, falls by the wayside. I don't know how much you're playing him anyway. Nothing changes from a fantasy aspect for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward outside of, you know, what's the rotation of Michael Gallup and hopefully you're getting Dak Prescott back next week. For the Minnesota Vikings, this was, first of all, this was horrible for the Vikings. You can't lose on Sunday Night Football at home to the backup quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That can't happen. It can't happen. And they were completely in that. Look, we we know all about Kirk Cousins struggling in prime time, and he didn't have a good game in this one either. 23-35, only 184 yards, one passing touchdown. But the thing here was Dalvin Cook, 18 carries, 78 yards. But this is what I'm going to harp on. Two targets, zero receptions, zero receiving yards. I'm going to keep saying it again and again and again. Why is it? When Alexander Madison gets to be the starting running back, gets to be the workhorse because Dalvin Cook's out on injury, why is it that he gets involved in the passing game, he gets screens, he gets checked down to, but not Dalvin Cook? His own team is hamstringing him as a workhorse back because for some unknown reason, he does not get involved in the passing game the way he should. The guy is excellent in space. He's an excellent running back. 
but maybe once in a while change it up and get him out on the edge. Throw him the football. What is so complicated? The Vikings in general need to take a good look at their offense. Justin Jefferson got banged up in this game. It's something we're going to have to watch. Because although he was able to come back into the game, he was still pretty limited in snap count throughout the entire second half. So something we'll have to see because, you know, you never know. Swelling can go up, drilling wears off. And he wound up in a situation where maybe he's not so good the following week. We will have to watch that. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on social media. While he was struggling with the injury, as you would suspect, Adam Thielen had a nice game, six receptions, 78 yards, comes away with a touchdown on nine targets. The other benefactor here was Tyler Conklin. Five receptions, 57 yards on seven targets. If Jefferson were to miss time, I would suspect KJ Osborne, who has a similar physical skill set, would most likely take over that Jefferson role. But as a result, all the targets kind of get consolidated. So I think Osborne, somebody would be like a interesting boomer bust, high-end wide receiver four, low-end wide receiver three type of player. Adam Thielen, of course, would be more of a higher-end wide receiver two. And Tyler Conklin would be in that higher-end streaming territory at the tight end because you just have the consolidation around that. Because as long as they're not playing in prime time, Kirk Cousins actually does have the opportunity to get these guys the ball the way you'd want him to, normally speaking. But this was bad for Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings moving forward, not to mention they lose Daniel Hunter for the rest of the season. So that defense gets even worse. Keep that in mind as well. They're losing their pass rush. The defense took some hits in that game. So the Vikings defense might be even more for the taking moving forward. Before we jump into the Monday night game, and there's a lot going to be to break down to, I do want to get a word in from one of our sponsors. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. we got the Monday night breakdown and the waiver wire report coming to you guys right after this. One of the best sponsors of the show is named Symbol. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L. Symbol, where Wall Street meets sports gambling in this innovative app. The symbol brings the fun of being able to play for the long term by purchasing, selling, and trading stocks of your teams. When your teams win, you win a payout. Well, when they lose, you don't lose money. The value of your team's share is all that matters, and it's easy to use. Just download the symbol app on your Play Store and use the promo code MDS Fantasy for a $10 deposit of at least $10 or more. Join the fun of investing in your team for the long haul, where the sportsbook edge is put back into your hands as the player. For the latest and most fun in sports gambling, download Symbol, and again, use the promo code MDS Fantasy for your $10 deposit bonus today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show streaming to you live on social media at Show, and, of course, on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. Subscribe when you get the opportunity to do so and catch us after the episode on your favorite pod streaming app and catch us later on tonight. We'll be on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime.pro from 7 to 8 p.m., on Tuesday night. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just talked about the Sunday night recap. Now we got to go over the Monday night recap of this week, this past week, before we put, totally put week eight to bed, thankfully, because it was an abysmal week eight, mostly for fantasy owners, and it was a positive. Starting off with Patrick Mahomes, too, it's talking about negative things. I almost don't have words for the Kansas City Chiefs offense and how disappointing they are. How disappointing Patrick Mahomes has been, especially Andy Reid. The play calling still not there. They came out with an excellent game script to start the game, as Reid normally does. They're moving around. They had different formations. They got guys in bunch. They were motioning Tyreek Hill, making things easy, spreading it out, had the Giants back on their heels. And then after that, once the game script went away, once those first 15 scripted plays disappeared, the Chiefs went back to we're completely 100% an improv offense that has no rhyme or reason to the plays that we're calling. And we're not getting easy reads. We're not using motion like you should be using, like you're used to doing, like you're used to seeing, which made them so prolific in the past. 
The only thing Reed did a better job of this game, although he still didn't really utilize it with play action, but he did a better job of making sure they ran the football and there was some versatility to their offense as far as run-pass ratio goes. Now, again, I don't know why they didn't use it to their advantage off of play action and bootlegs and such things, but I guess it's a step in the right direction. Although I still have to say the Chiefs winning this game 20-17 to against an incredibly banged-up Giants team is almost as bad as a loss. Obviously, it's not as bad because they didn't wind up losing the game, but it's almost as bad as a loss because you don't walk away from this feeling like it was a good win. You don't walk away feeling confident or comfortable or feel like you got back on track here after this game. That's not what happens when you beat a banged-up, terrible Giants team 20-17 to at home when you're looking for a get-right statement game and you're still can't make that statement. And Mahomes, from a fantasy perspective, is killing people right now. I mean, how many weeks can you take where he's not even going to score 20 points? 48 pass attempts against the crappy New York Giants. 275 yards, a passing touchdown, an interception. It's brutal. Now, Tyreek Hill, for some reason, they can't hook up anymore down the field. And I Tyreek Hill looked more healthy this game than he has the past couple. So that's also a good positive sign towards the big plays possibly coming back as he gets more explosive again. You love the volume, 18 targets in this game, 12 receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. But again, this goes back to your offense has to be built to more than just two pass catchers. Travis Kelsey was a huge disappointment. Seven targets, four catches, 27 yards, no touchdowns, and has a fumble in this game. Huge disappointment. You're not worried about Travis Kelsey, especially given the tight end position, obviously. Something looks a little bit off with him physically this year. It's not playing quite the same. Looks a little bit worn down. I kind of just wonder if some of the volume from last year in the beginning part of this year is catching up with him a little bit. He looks physically, he looks a little bit worn down to me. Miko Hardman had seven targets, five catches, 63 yards. He continues to be the best option as far as a third pass catcher in his offense goes, but still just wildly inconsistent, and you're never really going to trust to play him. Now, here's where the conversation gets a little more interesting. We talk about the backfield. Now, again, like I said, the one thing Andy Reid did a good job of is he made sure he ran the football. But it wasn't just with Darrell Williams. He had 13 carries, but Derek Gore, 11 carries in this game, and for about the same amount of yardage, 49 yards for Darrell Williams, 48 yards for Derek uh, Gore. And Derek Gore picks up the rushing touchdown, not Darrell Williams. But Darrell Williams was still much more involved in the passing game. Six catches, 61 yards off of six targets. So that's where Darrell Williams, you don't have to worry about as far as him maintaining his low-end RB2 value as long as Clyde Ridge-Lair is out because he's still more involved in the pass game because he's the better pass blocker. But it is very interesting to see all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jeremy McKinnon take a backseat. They bring in Derek Gore to go ahead and split carries now with Darrell Williams because he's already a guy where his involvement is suspect not even when other people in the backfield are involved, but suspect to whether or not Andy Reid decides to utilize the running back any given game. But we also have to see, Clyde Gilles should be eligible to come off the IR soon. So how many more weeks we even have Darrell Williams being as involved as he's been, we will have, we'll have to see. I still believe there's a role for him when he comes back. I still believe he would be the goal line guy. Derek Gore, you know, when Clyde Gilles comes back, he goes back to being the third string. But it was very interesting to see in this game, all of a sudden, Derek Gore coming out of nowhere and getting pretty heavily involved throughout this matchup. Flip things over to the Giants side. Shoosh. Talk about a team that can't keep anybody healthy. Dante Pettis goes down in this game. Sterling Shepard picks up a quad injury to complement that hamstring injury that he was trying to work his way back from. Kadarius Toney got banged up on his thumb. The good news on Kadarius Toney, I guess, is at least he was able to return to the ball game. So he gives you some hope that maybe he'll be back again next week. I know Joe Judge said at the end of this week that he was more hopeful for a week nine return for Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley. But to this point, they technically have not logged a single session of practice yet. They were doing some rehab work last week, which made it a little bit more progressive, but still no actual practice time. 
This is a team is running on fumes as far as their weapons goes. But you were leaning on Devontae Booker in this game. He had 15 carries, 60 yards, and he also tacked on five receptions for 65 yards. So once again, the volume that Booker sees as the workhorse back in replacement of Saquon Barkley just keeps him fantasy relevant and fantasy usable. And that won't be any different if Barkley can't go again next week. If you're Barkley owner and you have Booker, you just keep playing him for Barkley until Barkley comes back. While it's not the same ceiling, the volume alone continues to make him a low-end RB2 at the worst. And if he scores a touchdown, maybe get a little bit more upside with that. So you can't be mad about that performance. But what's funny is Sterling Shepard went down in the first half of this game. And he still had the most targets. Seven targets in this ballgame. Four catches, 25 yards off those seven targets. It wasn't pretty, but he had the most targets. Kadarius Tony, four receptions, 26 yards on five. John Ross did had a 50-yarder in this game. They made him the lead receiving in yards, at least. Evan Ingram, he gets the touchdown. But even with all these guys out, he still continues to be mostly irrelevant in the passing game. Four targets, three catches, 15 yards. Just happened to score. So he saved you if you actually played him. Rudolph had a touchdown too, by the way. Darius, and in all this mixture, Darius Slayton, you would think would be heavily involved because he's had a rapport with Daniel Jones before, especially all these guys going in and out. He only had two targets in this game and totally blanked in the stat sheet. Look, right now with the Giants, the only you, there's no fantasy analysis to be had here because the only question is, who's healthy? You tell me who's healthy, then I can figure out what the volume situation might be and who might have value. But that's the problem. Who's healthy? And that's what dictates their fantasy value as of right now. So before we get into the waiver wire report, I want to get another quick word in from one of our sponsors. When we come back on the other side, we'll have the full waiver wire report for you guys. So don't go anywhere and stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Your client's going away for 10 years. Unless, unless we swap first round picks. It's football season, baby, and you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all the other hair trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. As the world is starting to open, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, Performance Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in MD Nation. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming to you live on social media at Billy Up MDFF Show. And of course, subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. And make sure you're checking us out after the episode on your favorite pod streaming app. And we'll be live tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime. Pro. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just finished up recapping the primetime games from Week 8. And now we can put Week 8 to bed. We can look to Week 9. We are on the other side of this thing. We are getting into the thick of playoff races. Teams are starting to separate. Teams are starting to go downhill. And then you have the middle-of-the-road teams that are fighting, scratching, and clawing their way into those last few playoff spots. And look, if there was ever a week that was a reminder that nobody's safe in fantasy football because injury can change your team in a heartbeat, that was a reminder that went down today. Or went down this week, I should say. This past week in week eight. As we look forward to week nine, you have a lot that you have to change 
cover your butts with. Find value, not just now, but for the long term. On top of the fact that week nine is the one of the heavier bye weeks. Four teams are on bye with a lot of good fantasy players on those four teams. There's a lot of moves that are going to have to be had here. So as always, what we do is we take all the platforms, all the major platforms, ESPN, NFL, Yahoo, put them together, average out the rostership percentages, and then whoever's less than 50% owned, then I also think is a worth pickup, we talk about on this show. Break it down by their roster percentage and by their position. So let's start off with the quarterbacks. I have three quarterbacks on my list this week. I'll start with the most owned quarterback. That's Tua Tagalavoa. He's 36% owned on average. Playing against the Houston Texans this week. There's a pretty good chance he's going to wind up making my top 12. Again, I haven't done my rankings yet. They'll be probably live to you guys on Wednesday at some point on BillAtFantasySports.com. But pretty good chance he's going to be in that range. Keep in mind, even with Houston. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Normally, people are a little bit worried about their passing attacks against Houston because they're like, well, if they dominate so much, they may just run the ball and, and run the clock out. You don't have to worry about that with Miami because they don't know how to run the ball, no matter who it is. They don't know what that means. So with the passing volume that they have, plus a good matchup here, and Devontae Parker reportedly did not suffer any setbacks. So you have Parker, you have Waddle, you have Gesicki, you have Miles Gaskin out of the backfield, because without Malcolm Brown, at least it's him catching the football, not Savan Ahmed. So you have the weapons, the volume in place. Tua likes to run a little bit. The nice matchup here. He's very much a good streaming option for Week 9. Carson Wentz falls into the similar boat. And these aren't guys that I'm looking at, you know, as every week starters. These are week nine starters. Week nine fill-ins. Carson Wentz, of course, playing the Jets on Thursday night. Is there a chance Jonathan Taylor just dominates that game? Yeah, there is. But after we saw the game against Cincinnati Bengals, there's also a chance the Jets, maybe they find a way with Mike White to stay more competitive. And therefore, Carson Wentz actually has to throw the ball a little bit. So he's still an option. He'll be lower than Tua Tagovailoa is. Again, he's 33% owned. But he is an option. Now, like most quarterbacks, when it comes to these two, I'm not spending fad budget on them. And preferably, unless I'm truly desperate and think somebody else is going to pick them up, I'm not spending a top priority on them either. Because they're quarterbacks. I can usually find one in a decent matchup that I like and not have to spend resources on the guy. Because like weeks like this, you want to have as many resources available to you as possible. Here's one guy that I would spend fab on and I would spend a priority on, especially from somebody who's been streaming quarterback. And that's Taysom Hill. Only 1% owned. So he's pretty much out there in every single league. Saints have already had their bye week. And while, yes, he's coming off the concussion, Taysom Hill's going to be a starting quarterback. We know what to expect. It's going to be a guy who rushes the football primarily. He'll throw it. He'll do play action. But remember last year, in that four-game stretch, Taysom Hill finished inside the top 10 three out of four of those games. The rushing quarterback. He gets rushing touchdowns. Now, what he does to Alvin Kamara's value, we'll talk about in tomorrow's show, on the Wednesday night show during the preview. Make sure you tune in. To at Billy up MDF up show into the YouTube channel for that show, and that goes live at about 9 p.m., 9.30 Eastern tomorrow night. We'll talk about Alvin Kamara moving forward, Taysom Hill, the starting quarterback. But we know Taysom Hill is going to run, and now we know we have him 
with no bye weeks for the rest of the week. And because he has that rushing floor, he's a little bit more matchup proof than most. So he's not just a streamer. So this depends on what situation you find yourself in. If you're somebody who's been looking for quarterback all year long, and streaming quarterback all year long, you have a chance for a guy who could be top 12 every single week available to you now on the waiver wire. That's probably worth about 15%, 20%, dare I say, of your fab budget, depending upon what your resources look like, what position you're in as far as the standings are concerned. It might be worth a top priority if you need a quarterback because opportunities like this at quarterback don't come around very often, especially when they're this fantasy friendly. So Taysom Hill becomes a very interesting waiver wire pickup this week. Now we move to the running back section. And of course, like I said, I go from top to bottom as far as percentages own. So Alex Collins, believe it or not, I was surprised by this, but I'm guessing it's because of the injury and return of shot, Rashad Penny. Alex Collins, 48.9% owned on average. So just under that 50% mark. So check to see if he's available. Rashad Penny's a bum. There's no other way around it. Maybe Chris Carson comes back. And even if he does, he's... His risk for re-injury is high. Who knows if he can actually play consistently on a week-to-week basis, but still who knows if he can come back at all. Because again, we're talking about a neck injury that is not allowing him to this point yet to be able to take on contact. Alex Collins is the better and the lead back. Now, he's not involved in the passing game. That's what I talked about yesterday. He's still nothing more than an RB3, a matchup-dependent RB3, I would argue, at that. But he's still a starting running back in my book. So therefore, he's probably worth about 10% fab. If you have a back-end waiver wire, excuse me, pickup, or, or waiver order pickup, I think you can utilize it. But I'm not going to utilize my top priority on Alex Collins this week. That's also why I don't want to spend a ton for him on Fab on Fab either. Next up, I got a couple of handcuffs for you guys. I got Alexander Madison at 39.9%. Oh, now I get it. They had the bye week. Dalvin Cook's been healthy for the past few weeks. People needed to make moves, you know, to help them give them a chance to win that particular week. I get it. I understand. Okay. But if you have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison's available to you, pick him up. I shouldn't have to explain myself as to why. Now, if you don't have Dalvin Cook, obviously, he's a luxury. If you have the roster flexibility to pick up a golden ticket handcuff, then sure, obviously. But Alexander Madison should not be less than 50% owned when it's not a bye week for the Minnesota Vikings, and there are no more bye weeks for the Minnesota Vikings. So pick up Alexander Madison, Dalvin Cook owners, please. Samaja Perrine, 18% owned. Now, I'm not going to stress this the same way I would Alexander Madison, but it is for the same reason why he makes my waiver pickup. The one drawback with Perrine is this, and this is why I wouldn't go crazy getting him, and I wouldn't say if you're a Joe Mixon owner, you necessarily have to get him. But when Chris Evans comes back from his hamstring injury, now if he doesn't, if he doesn't come back for a couple of weeks, and Samaja Perrine would get to work a little on himself, something would happen to Joe Mixon. But when he comes back, Chris Evans will probably be involved in some capacity and have some kind of split with Samaja Perrine, which is why he's not on the same level as an Alexander Madison. But if you own Joe Mixon, it would probably be a good idea to own Samaja Perrine if you have the ability to do so. Just protect yourself. Now, Mixon so far, knock on wood, has not missed any games. He had the one game, of course, where he was very limited because of the ankle injury, but he has not missed any games yet to this point. Hopefully that continues. But as we've seen, even Derrick Henry is not invulnerable to injury at the running back. So if you have Joe Mixon, you have the ability to pick up Samaja Perrine, that may be something you want to do. Now, here's the guys that we're talking about that you're actually going to start to spend some fad budget on and some priorities on. Now, Carlos Hyde, obviously, he's not as valuable as he would have been if James Robinson was going to miss a few weeks like we initially thought he might when we first see that injury on Sunday. 
on average, about 6.7% owned. So he's, he's widely available out there to you. They're listing James Robinson as day-to-day, but Urban Meyer's already come out and said they're going to be cautious with him. So I doubt he plays week nine. The problem is this. They play Buffalo. So this is setting up for a real chance for Jacksonville just to run into a buzzsaw, kind of like they did against Seattle. And even all the volume in the world may not make Carlos Hyde the fantasy asset you'd want him to be in relief of James Robinson. I still think because of the volume, because he will be a workhorse back, I think the volume does keep him as an RB3. So I do think he's still a flex play in this matchup because of the volume. But it is a tough one. And it also makes it tough as far as fab and priority go. Because if I knew he's going to be out, if I knew Robinson was going to be out week nine, week 10, now we have a different conversation on our hands. Now we're like, okay, yeah, we need a Carlos Hyde on our team. So because of that, if I have a top three priority, I'm not going to spend it on Carlos Hyde. If I'm a James Robinson owner, I would think about spending 15 to 20%, maybe 25 on Carlos Hyde, depending on how, how dependent you've been of James Robinson. Because there's also this scenario where James Robinson's been a flex play for a lot of people because he was drafted fifth, sixth round. He wasn't necessarily drafted as your top two running backs. So therefore, Carlos Hyde, making sure you have him, isn't quite as valuable or as necessary as it would have been. So I don't want to spend a ton of fab on him necessarily. Rather spend on a guy named Adrian Peterson, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I would say 15, 20% on a Carlos Hyde, especially if you need a spot start, is about what I'd be looking for for fab budget-wise. Boston Scott also kind of falls in that category. Now I go more like 10, 15, because we know he's going to be irrelevant the second Miles Sanders comes back. But again, this goes back to if you need a spot start. He started the game. He was the starter. They didn't necessarily take him out in the red zone for Jordan Howard automatically. Both his touchdowns came in the red zone territory. So Boston Scott, somebody I think is an RB3 who's a little bit interesting and maybe has a little bit more value after not seeing Kenneth Gainwell be as involved as he could have been this past week. So I would say about 10% of your fab, maybe the back-end priority, not a top one, but a back-end priority, perhaps you're looking for a spot start. Boston Scott at 5% owned only is a way to go. Let's get into the guy who's juicy this week. That's Adrian Peterson. And we can throw uh, Jeremy McNichols in there. McNichols, excuse me. McNichols in there as well. Now, Adrian Peterson is a freak of nature. So even though he hasn't been on a team, I would not be surprised if he came in this week for the Tennessee Titans and got 18 to 20 carries right off the bat. Wouldn't shock me in the least. And what that comes with, it comes with the possibility of a touchdown. If he has a good game, maybe a possibility of 80 to 100 yards. Maybe it's more likely he gets 20 carries for 60 yards. That, that's all possible, too. But if you're talking about a running back who might get 18 to 20 carries, you're talking about a guy who's at least a high in RB3, low in RB2, and depending on the matchup, maybe a little bit higher. Adrian Peterson's number one pickup. Not just running back pickup, he's the number one pickup. Because as it would stand today, he is the starting running back for the rest of the season for the Tennessee Titans. Who, as I said in yesterday's show, because his style fits what Tennessee wants to do with Derek, obviously he's not Derek Henry, but his style allows him to still kind of have the identity of being a physical smash mouth run team and building a passing offense off of that. I think he's going to get heavily featured. He'll be able to take advantage throughout the year. Like I said, Adrian Peterson's a freak. I'd be willing to spend 50% of my fab on a guy who's going to be possibly a running back two the rest of the way. It's possible. At the very least, he's an RB3, but I know I got a starting running back for the rest of the season that I wasn't planning on having before. Now, because he's not Derrick Henry... You can make an argument to spend 100% of your fab depending on what, what, what position you're in. But the reason why I don't, the reason why I say 50 and I'm not willing to go 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 is because of what we've seen this year. This is why I don't like to blow a lot of my top fab so early on in the season 
like some people would have you do. Because now look at where we are. We are pulling guys off the waiver wire left and right. There are gems almost every other week because of the injuries going on this season. And I don't even know if it has anything to do with the extra game because we, we're no different in the season we would be in a 16-game season right now. The injuries are unreal to the extent of how valuable these fantasy players are. So I don't know. That's why I, don't, I wouldn't. I would want to still have some resources available to me as we move through this season. And it's not like Adrian Peterson is going to be involved in the passing game, which is where we go to Jeremy here. Now he'll be involved as a pass catcher. He'll do a little bit of this, but he'll be more involved as a pass catcher. And because the the passing volume, I do expect to go up for Tennessee because again, Adrian Peterson is not Derrick Henry. I still think you're only talking about him in full point PPR leagues. I don't know how much standalone value he has. Because this is still not a team that's going to be built to throw the ball 40 times a game. Now, maybe in the absence of a Julio Jones, McNichols might have the argument that he could be the second pass catcher, essentially, target-wise, at least for Tennessee. If that would have wound up happening, then we're talking about half-point, full-point PPR leagues. He would be a flex play. And there is a there is a range of outcomes for that. But because I know Adrian Peterson's going to get the bulk of the carries and get the goal line work, I'm not going to go strong after him. I wouldn't go more than maybe 10%. Maybe 15 if I really think he's going to be that, that flex PPR guy. But this is going to be the Adrian... Uh, I can't believe... This is going to be the Adrian Peterson show. Remember, Darrington Evans is still not fully back yet. And I don't think Darrington Evans is very good to begin with. This is why I feel very confident in AP. So he's the number one pickup for me overall. Especially to the wide receivers. So to lead this thing off, Brandon Ayuk, 46% owned. He just dipped down below that 50% mark. Of course, the reason being, he's played the most he has all season long this past week. While it wasn't a gaudy stat line, four receptions, 45 yards, the seven targets, the route runs, the snap count, and the fact that Debo Samuel is reportedly nursing a calf injury, although it didn't hinder him much on Sunday, but is dealing with some sort of tightness, let's put it that way, in his calf. Brandon Ayuk becomes an interesting pickup. Now, priority? No. Fat budget? I would prefer not. Because there's other wide receivers you can go to if you need a spot start. I still don't think I'm comfortable spot starting Brandon Ayuk for anything right now. And with the way running backs have been falling... You need all the fab dollars you can get for running backs. Wide receivers you can find. You can find spot start guys off the waiver wire pretty regularly. Now, if you were to tell me something's going to happen to D.O. Samuel or if you know, he comes up and it sounds like he can miss games because of his calf injury, not that we're expecting that. I'm just saying that that winds up happening. Then Brandon, you becomes a lot more interesting from that standpoint. Again, I talked about this before. I feel like he's a handcuff to the wide receiver position. The reason why I'm picking him up regardless of that now is because of the uses we saw last week, and I do think that has a decent chance to continue. Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. DeAndre Hopkins clearly visibly was very limited with a hamstring issue in that Thursday night game. Now, he played. He was very limited in snap count, especially in the second half. We'll see if the extra time off allowed him to heal up at all. But if Hopkins is going to continue to be limited or at some point re-aggravate that injury to the point where he has to miss the game completely, we know the target consolidation goes to these three receivers. Of the three, I still stand pat that Christian Kirk is the guy I pick up the most because he still represents the best of both worlds between A.J. Green and Rondale Moore. He represents the extra routes run, the target volume, the safer floor of an A.J. Green, while also having the bigger playability of a Rondale Moore. Moore still has the most upside. Green still has the highest floor. So they're all in the mix not spending any resources on them, only going to get them for free 
and probably wouldn't make this move until later on in the week until I find out exactly what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins. But guys that should be on your radar if you're looking for spot starts and whose value will increase if Hopkins has to miss time or continues to play only less than 50% of the snaps. Another interesting guy is Jameson Crowder. Only 19% owned. I talked about Mike White yesterday. Mike White continues to be the quarterback. It's actually a nice little start here against the Indianapolis Colts, who plays zone defense. That works at Jameson Crowder's strengths because all he does is find little holes in zone defenses as a safety blanket wide receiver. Mike White, we all know, is going to check down the ball. He's going to check down the ball to the running backs. He's going to check the ball down to the slot receiver. The pretty good chance Corey Davis is not going to be able to turn back around and play in a Thursday night game with the hip issue. So Crowder would be expected to be the number one targeted wide receiver for the New York Jets in this game. I'd like him more from a full point PPR standpoint, but he is somebody who I think has a safe floor heading into that Thursday night matchup. If you need a spot start as somebody. Alan Lazard, 8% owned. Now this is another one. No resources being spent here. And I'm watching. It's weird to me that Alan Lazard was able to come off the COVID-19 list be, who's unvaccinated before Devontae Adams, who is vaccinated. Adams didn't come off the COVID list. Now, that doesn't, say, that doesn't mean he won't come off of it at some point this week. But I thought it was interesting that the order of things that happened there. If Devontae Adams, for whatever reason, is still testing positive or showing symptoms, and Alan Lazard's back on the field. He will be the number one receiver for the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers. So 8% owned another guy who could be a nice key spot start. Van Jefferson, 8% owned. Talked about him a lot yesterday. We've had two weeks in a row now where he's had almost the same exact amount of snaps and routes run as Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And in this high-scoring offense... He's taken on more of the big play role within that offense. Not that I think he is truly a big play wide receiver, but that's kind of the role he's more taken on. He's somebody who's, if you're, this is more for deeper leagues now. I think you're a 12-man league. I think there's better options for you to go to. But if you're looking for spot starts, you're looking for a guy who's involved in a good offense and you're a deeper league, Van Jefferson is somebody to kind of look at. Something to kind of take a look at here. But the guy who I really want probably the most out of all these receivers for if I'm looking for just a spot start this week. A lot of filling. Again, bye weeks, four really good teams, especially wide receiver-wise. You're going to be looking for guys to fill in this week. Small Agnew, only 1.7% owned, especially half-point, full-point PPR, where he's getting the volume that he's getting right now as a slot receiver in a Heavy passing attack of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me Jamal Agnew, who's been very consistent since becoming the slot receiver for the Jags. To LaVisca Chanel's demise, but nonetheless, Agnew, widely available, is the guy I'd want to go after. Now, he might be a little bit more on people's radar because he wound up getting a touchdown. He doesn't have a huge ceiling. This is the guy you plug in there, you know that. You have a great chance to get eight or more targets, get a safety floor. He does have explosive ability, so maybe he breaks one. But you're getting the guy because of the volume right now. Very sneaky little pickup for you guys. Fab dollars, 5 to 10% at most. Again, we're talking about wide receivers here. You can find wide receivers. I don't want to spend on wide receivers. I can all help it. Wouldn't use a priority on them. But if you need a spot starter, he's probably the receiver I want more than any of the wide receivers that we've talked about, actually. Well, I'll say this. With the exception of Alan Lazard, if Devontae Adams is going to be out. But that's not something we're going to know until later in the week. As far as who you're going to try to claim or pick up from Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning, Agnew would be the number one guy on my list. Something to keep in mind. At the tight end position, I only got two for you this week that are worth anything. Pat Freermuth, again, because without Eric Ebron, even with them, he's been kind of the lead targeted guy. He's starting to surface up as the third, fourth pass catcher going back and forth with Najee Harris as far as targets go when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, again, he's kind of a, a deeper sleeper. He'll be in that mid-level tight end two territory kind of coming on. And then CJ Usama, 
26% owned. The share, the workload is going to be inconsistent, but he's had big plays so far this season. He's got as good of a chance to score a touchdown as any other tight end within that same range. If you're looking for streaming spot starts, these are two guys I'm kind of looking at and I have in the back of my mind that I'm not spending any resources on. I'll get them for free. But guys to look at if you need a streaming tight end this week. That's going to do it for the show. Guys, if you have any questions, because it's going to be a big week for trying to make trades and, and, and make improvements to try to make up for losses. If you have any questions whatsoever, hit us up on social media at Show in the DMs. Remember, I'll pick a few of our favorite ones. I'm going to put them on the mailbag segment on Wednesday night and on Thursday night when I preview week nine. Chris and I will preview week nine on Wednesday night. We normally do. It'll just be me on Thursday. Of course, we'll come back on Friday for the MDs, DFS, and lock bets of the week. Well, look forward to that. Take advantage of that. We're here to help you guys out. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you're following us along on your favorite pod streaming apps. You can listen to our episodes anytime, anywhere. And check us out tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. I'm Dan Maynard. I'm going to talk to you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications.